The true origin of our country's native distilled libation is hazy at best. What we can say with some confidence is sometime around 1770, whiskey distillers in Kentucky started storing their spirits in charred wooden barrels. These hardworking farmers and businessmen were simply trying to make a living. Little did they know that over two centuries later, three of America's native sons would be inspired by their discovery to come together in discussion in an attempt to understand everything from the perplexing to the absurd. A symposium on discernment, if you will. This is an examination of life. Welcome to the Bourbon Chronicles. Here we go. Happy Sunday, everybody. Happy Sunday. Made it back to volume six. Volume six. You and the Subaru Forester. Happy Sunday, sir. <laughs> I hope you had a good weekend. You know, uh, what's, you know what's great about volume six? What? What's that? It's, it's Kevin one. knows that we're doing it, and he's still letting us do he's it. He's still letting us do and it. And the That's reason right. I know that he knows that we're doing it is because he's sitting right next to me. Oh, right you now. let the cat out of the bag. And he, he hasn't choked me yet. So, <laughs> Gentlemen, introduce yourself. I'm Alan. Hey, I'm Kelly. I'm Hamilton. Welcome to Volume 6, or as they say in America, Volume 6. And Nicole is not with us tonight because she is under the weather. Um, so, Nicole, we hope you get well soon. What does under the weather mean anyway? Whatever she feels like right now, I guess. I mean, no, where did that come from? <laughs> where did that no saying idea. come Some from grandpa? under the weather? Some Alan, old grandpa? Anything? Uh, nothing, man. Sorry. <laughs> I said some old grandpa, so you asked Alan what he knew. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a little insulted. Not Did you not so. invent that, Alan? No. No, I can't take credit for that one. So it's we're going to... Somebody gonna... email us at bourbonchroniclesradio at gmail.com if you can find out what the true origin of that um, under the weather means, because I need to learn that. Yeah, me too. Uh, we're going to be drinking Breckenridge bourbon, uh, so this will be our second... So this is our sixth episode. This will be our second one that's outside of Kentucky. So I don't want anybody ever to say, because I'm from Kentucky, mm. that we just do Kentucky bourbon. So this is our second out of six that's outside of Kentucky. So uh, we'll be talking about that in a little while. Uh, we also have uh, Mark Morabito, which uh, we believe he is a spy yeah. uh, in his real job. But mm-hmm. he is in the studio. We're going to be talking to him later. So I just want to talk real quickly about <clears throat> where we are with the show. Um, this is a show that we feel like that we need to share with everybody, our struggles and how it's coming about. So I want to share some of the intricate details of what happens when we're trying to put this thing together. So if you'll take, <laughs> and you guys can chime well, in. Let's not. Like how to. about that? No, no, no. no I think everybody needs part. to know. 
I think everyone I feel like I'm in the principal's office right now. I feel like I'm, I'm about to be in trouble. So if you can travel back with me a couple of weeks, um, we, uh, we did a great show. We, we did the St. Augustine Bourbon. Uh, we get home, and all the wives are over at my house, and mm-hmm. they had ordered pizza. Okay, so right. we hung out for a little while. We had pizza. So the guy said, hey, we know we have a great idea. Why don't we go in the back uh, on my porch, the back porch, the back porch and do a Facebook live. Right. So we did that and it lasted 30 minutes. And we had now I think we had like 20 people at once. Alan, you say more like what? No, we had I think we had around 25. So one time. It, it, we, from our standards at that time, we hadn't we hadn't touched that many people uh, until that Facebook live. So for us, it was a huge success. So we're pretty, we're riding pretty high, um, about, about eight 30. You got to realize, so we shut down here at six. Uh, we'll probably get out of here at six 30, six 45. We go home, we eat, we do the Facebook live. So we're looking at about eight 30. Okay. Right. So the guys go home. <clears throat> I go inside my house, <clears throat> excuse me. And, um, and my wife says, you know, you might be spending a little too much time on this radio show. <laughs> might be getting a little full of yourself. You yeah, might be spending a too much time. And I'm like, I'm not sure what you mean. And she said, well, you guys started doing the show today at 3 o'clock. And it's a Sunday. And you mm-hmm. have family. And mm-hmm. so it's now 8.30, 9 o'clock. And you're just now getting in. So you might be spending. Now, she didn't go all cash me outside on me, right? She didn't go crazy <laughs> on me. But she let me know. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. So we patch things up. Our marriage is like a quilt, right? We patch it up and, and then we go, uh, I, I go to sleep. I go to work the next day. And what I forgot is during the Facebook first face, Facebook live after it was over because it's so successful, Alan goes, Hey, we should do one next week. Yeah. So Alan sends out an invite to everybody on Facebook to do a new Facebook live. And I, <laughs> I forgot to tell Nicole about Without the heads up. No heads up. <laughs> I remember him saying it, but I didn't tell her about it. <laughs> so here we are. So she calls me and she's like, so are you doing a Facebook Live next week after the – and I'm like, yeah. yeah. So then we had that whole story and we had that talk. So anyway, fast forward, last week we had our second Facebook Live and uh, three people showed up. And uh, one, one of them, one one was of them, us. <laughs> one was us and one, <laughs> and one worked here. So it worked so at the every, radio station. Yeah, thanks, Rachel. The <laughs> only way that we can continue to do them and not get in trouble is if actually people show up. If actually people numbers. show up. Yeah. But I had a similar situation where uh, my mom's uh, staying with us right now because she hurt her back. And so this past Sunday um, on Volume 5, we got together at 3 o'clock, did our planning, came to the show, got yep. home, had dinner. And then I just get this look because she had been working with both girls and tending after my mom, helping her, doing the laundry, cooking. And I'm like, yeah, this is just a part-time gig. I'm sorry. <laughs> By the way, did we you tell there. you how much we make doing this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the life of a celebrity. Yeah, yeah. there we go. So, so I just I wanted to tell everyone that to let you know that, you know what, we're not just uh, we're not just mailing it in. I mean, it means a lot to us. And thankfully, our wives are very supportive of they us, are. and we appreciate that. Uh, so let's jump to the bourbon. Alan, let us know uh, a little bit about Breckenridge bourbon. All right. So today we are drinking uh, Breckenridge Bourbon from Breckenridge, Colorado. It's uh, and shout out to my buddy Dan Noreen, my old Navy buddy over there in Denver. Um, it's produced by Breckenridge Distillery. Uh, it's eighty-six proof, so forty-three percent alcohol. It's uh, aged two to three years. It came to market 
I believe in 2011. It got a little gray here. I looked and looked and looked and never got a definite answer. But I did read on a review site, a bourbon review site, that uh, it came to market on t- 2011. And then uh, it, it costs about $48, a little under 50 bucks, and, and it's all over the place, too. Um, I found it online for $60, and I found it online for $40. So yeah, hopefully so, you get lucky. Yeah, I got it today at, uh, at Total Wine. Sorry, Drew, for, uh, what I tell you, $48.99, something like that. Yeah. So not bad. Um, so did you do? Did you guys do some research on, on Breckenridge? A little bit. What do you got? Another so, slogan. <laughs> the highest. The yeah. highest distillery in the world. It's uh, brewed at uh, ninety six thousand or ninety six hundred feet. Ninety six hundred feet. I was but about to say ninety six thousand feet. You think that's what they're talking about? Uh, do you think they're talking about elevation? I'm assuming okay. <laughs> above sea level. That's what it said. So all right, maybe. <laughs> what, what what what? Oh, you're because it's it's Colorado. It's Colorado. Yeah, they're eating Doritos and Cheetos there, and <laughs> we're the highest distillery in the world, which they probably are, regardless. Of yeah, elevation. regardless. Right. <laughs> so their CEO Brian Nolt. Um, Started this, started uh, Breckenridge uh, in 2007, and on the website it says that he ba- basically cashed in everything to uh, to start this bourbon, uh, which is a small batch. They use um, barrels from Kentucky, Tennessee, and Indiana, and it is one of the uh, the highest uh, rye bourbons out there. I, explain that to me because I I don't I know you walked through earlier earlier with me, but. Give me what highest rye means. So it's just rye is the second. So in in order to be bourbon, it has to be 51. The mash has to be at least 51% corn. So that's the first grain. Right. In this case, in order to be called a rye, the second second grain has to be rye. And in this case, it's really. The percentage uh, of rye is higher. The percentage is really high. And so, and they call it a high rye. High rye. That's what it's called. Yeah, it's at thirty-eight point seven. No, I'm sorry, distillery. It's thirty-eight percent rye. Uh, the only highest uh, other than this out there right now is Redemption High Rye at thirty-eight point two. So I'm thinking they did that. I, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't. I get no, I, no idea. I'm guessing that Redemption's probably been around longer than than Breckenridge because it's pretty new. Um, and they say it's green rye, and I tried to do research on what green rye is, and I couldn't find anything. So I don't know if that's just what they call rye. Just probably not quite ripe or not quite uh, um, to the point of harvest. Yeah. Um, does, does rye typically make – because I'm not a big rye guy. Like I, most of my – You're not a rye guy? I'm not a rye guy. Um, is it, it – are rye mostly sweeter? Than a typical straight bourbon, or yeah, uh, I think it, I think sometimes uh, it's supposed to be the opposite. Uh, you're, the wheat is supposed to be a sweeter bourbon, and, and rye is supposed to be more spicy. But I've had some ryes that are kind of sweet, so yeah. I, I think it just depends on I'll, what the I'll bourbon. Try is. some more. It'll be interesting to try this one today to see how it compares to just a regular. I've had, I have the uh, the I bought a bottle of Colonel Taylor rye. Ooh. I have it at home. Uh, I actually bought it by mistake, and I didn't take it back. I thought, well, I'm going to try it. And uh, Have you cracked it yet? Oh, I'm, I'm halfway through it. It's, oh. it's actually pretty doggone good. Wait a minute. We're supposed to share these yeah, things, Yeah, I'm going to tell you everything. Oh. <laughs> but he did tell me. you got Allison drinking bourbon now. She's drinking the rye, Colonel no, Taylor rye with no, it. No, no, she's not. <laughs> I know she's she not. makes me go sit on the patio. <laughs> so uh, the reason we're, we're trying this um, is um, – 
Uh, I have a friend uh, that works at Harmony Medical, Kelly Wilson. Uh, she went on a skiing trip to Breckenridge, and she was nice enough to pick us some up some samples for us to try. So that's why we are trying it today. So later on in the show, we're going to talk about how it tastes and what we think about it. Um, right now, we are going to roll into a song, and we'll talk to you right after. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone It's not warm when she's away Ain't no sunshine when she's gone And she's always gone too long Anytime she goes away Wonder this time where she's gone Wonder if she's gone to stay Ain't no sunshine when she's gone And this house just ain't no home Anytime she goes away And I know, I know Sunshine when she's gone Only darkness every day Ain't no sunshine when she's gone It's this house just ain't no home Anytime she goes away That's you, Kelly. Yeah, thank you. Um, anybody that's listened to the show or knows no me. Sunshine hey, we're playing again. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Repeat. Yeah, anybody that knows me knows I'm more of a traditional country, but I like a lot of heavy blues and rock. But I think a lot of my song foundation comes from soul. To me, that song is like one of the top three just bleeds soul. And the yeah. reason I love that song is like that's one of my dad's favorite songs. And his birthday was this past week. He passed away last year. Happy but, birthday. Yeah, happy birthday, Dad. But... um. I, the reason that's got a particular memory for me is because I rode, my dad drove carpool for, I think, eight or nine years straight every morning. So me and three other guys, knuckleheads, going to elementary school and the middle school, my dad drove us all. We met in this, uh, the movie theater parking lot over on. The- Wait, so how many again? Huh? How many, how many there kids? Was, there was four of us. Okay. Not, not my brothers. It was all, we got together and he drove the carpool. Lane, okay. Right. So um, he drove us all in for like five or six, maybe seven years. And but his rule was we always wanted to listen to whatever's popular at the time, you know, Duran Duran or whatever was going on in the eighties, right? <laughs> and he was like, "Nope, we're listening to oldies, soul." So anything from the Temptations to the, anything that was, you know, from the fifties, and that's where I I love that music to the to this day. And to me, that song is just timeless. I know it's a more popular song, more popular than most of the stuff we play on here. But that one was a was a kickback to my dad for for driving carpool and installing in me yeah, a love great. for really good soul music. Well, and it's funny because when we were doing the show prep, I thought maybe that was because your bride was gone. Yeah, my wife's gone, <laughs> and there's no too. sunshine when there she's out no here. There is no sunshine when she's gone. That's for sure. 
But. And speaking of dads, I, I, I haven't said that I have my son in the studio with me today. So, uh, Parker. What's up, Parker? Parker, come here and say hi to everybody. Right say here. what's up, Parker. Say hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. <laughs> so, Parker uh, brought him into the studio to watch everything, and we'll talk to him later. I just wanted him to say hi. Make sure uh, that we behave, Parker. Yeah, yeah, Parker has to make sure we behave. Did you bring any peanuts, by the way? No, Parker, Parker's uh, the boiled peanut salesman. I mean, con- salesman connoisseur. He's going to start his own business. I think he's made profit off of two or three of the Parker's peanuts. Yeah, he made like up f- over fifty bucks one time after paying you and Nicole for the labor and the supplies. Right? Oh, he hires the kids in the neighborhood. <laughs> I know to work for him. Addie's still waiting for a paycheck. By and the way, he, Parker, he, it's not he, really uh, fair. He, after his after he pays them out, and he's like stingy on it. <laughs> he, he still pocketed like 50 bucks. Come on, man. You can't be greedy. So uh, he, I, this week has been kind of crazy. Um, yes, and I want to I want to ask you guys. So I know your kids are older, Alan. Do you feel like that you're constantly taking your girls somewhere back and forth? Uh, volleyball practice, whatever. Uh, youth group. Do you feel that way? Are you and Allison? Yeah, I mean, we feel busy all the time. Sure. But it, it's pretty so our neighborhood is really cool in that there's a network of, of families who all their, their kids are all doing the same things. So mm-hmm. really they're all going to youth group together. So we only have to do that once every couple of yeah. weeks. And then yeah. the volleyball thing, Allison and I shared, I take one night a week and Allison takes the other. And uh, so it, it, it breaks it up pretty well. You got divide and conquer and it, what's the saying? It takes a village. Yeah. No, raise the family, man. We got the best village there is. Well, you're not there yet though. Cause your kids, I mean, but well, Eight they go five. to soccer. They do soccer two nights a week. So we're running around pretty crazy. Yeah. But not, not too bad. Do you, growing up, did you all do, did you feel like your parents were always running around taking you places and taking your family places? I'm sure they were, right? We just didn't notice because I was in La La Land. Like, hey, yeah, that's right. wherever we're going, we're going. That's great. Yeah. So. I mean, I remember uh, ball and, and scouts and yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We, we would did a lot. So. But for me, growing, playing baseball and t-ball, it was on the weekends. I don't remember having... A lot of practices during the week where no, you, we, my parents. I, I remember practice. Jeez, looking back on it now, I feel like we practiced every night. Well, that's what high school, like middle no, school. No, that was that was little league, even like little, little league. league. Yeah, uh, maybe because I grew up in a cow pasture. They just only practiced on Saturday mornings, <laughs> and the games were right after. I swear that was it. Sand spurs and softball or baseball. I don't. I I remember having practice once a week in baseball, um, and then having one game a week. Mm-hmm. Parker practices once a week and sometimes has two games. Now, luckily, it's you know we can walk there because it's right right close to our house. But right. it, I you know I always feel like that there's something going on. Then Ellie goes to dance twice a week, mm-hmm. um, and then she has a youth group once a week. But she does you know out Al, sometimes Allison picks her up and that sort of thing. But we always feel like there's no more family dinners, you know, because yeah, during the definitely week, dinners are, are it's done right? suffering. Yeah, you're absolutely. Do right. you got? Can you guys do it? Not n- not as often as we would like. Not as often as for sure as Bethany would like. She she I busts cooked. her. I'll tell you a funny story. I cooked pork chops and rice and green beans a couple nights ago, and Samantha saw it. She came in the kitchen, and she saw it, and she said, wow, a good meal. (laughs) As opposed to what? Yeah, as opposed to what, Samantha? As opposed to your meatloaf that you cook on Sunday and you eat throughout the week? I still have some. You know what? That's a big big deal that we started doing, too, partly because – one Bethany saw it on Pinterest or whatever, but you do it a lot where you cook everything on Sunday and then you have it throughout the week. Yeah. But just last week, the ladies all got together in somebody's house. Uh, actually, our buddy Mark, who's here in the studio, got together at his wife's house 
and they had a big cooking party. Hey, right? Mark, they, you can say hi. Say, uh, hi, everybody. Hey, <laughs> I've, been, gonna, I've been listening the whole time. Mike, Mike won't bite. And we want to talk to you about that um, special event. That special event. Yeah, we'll so we have to make sure we bring that. that back up. Or we can talk about it now if you want. Well, sure. I mean, you were so you sure. I think this is I think this is brilliant marketing, and we might have to get this young man on the show. So this <laughs> this young guy um, apparently is a giant stud, right? And he yep. he's he he comes home from the military, and his mom puts on Facebook, "Hey, my son is basically out for hire to move furniture or lift heavy items or do things odd in, odds and ends around the okay, house." How, how old is this this kid? I'd say mid twenties, but I, I didn't know any of this until after the you fact. were out of town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About a couple of weeks ago, I, I uh, flew out to St. Louis to my in-laws' house to, uh, to come back with a U-Haul full of furniture for the, the house that we just moved into. And Andrea, my wife, told me that she had hired a, a kid from the neighborhood to help unload the a kid unload from the, the truck. neighborhood. Right? I knew you guys were all busy with the show on Sunday. Uh, yeah, so we saw, were. We were busy. Right, yeah. right. So this, this this made a lot of sense to me. You know, the high school kid that was going to help. Uh, Help with the uh, the heavy lifting. So uh-huh. we pull in after 15 hours of driving on a Sunday. And, Wait, who's we again? Uh, my my father in law and I. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. So I, I Andrea's flew, dad and you Andrew's driving dad, 15 right, hours right, in a U-Haul. Right, a great a great trip. Mm-hmm. Great trip. Beginning at like four o'clock on a Sunday and pull up and. Wait, are you saying great being facetious or was it great? No, it was actually great. He is a really good guy. Cool. Okay. A, a awesome. really good one to uh, to to travel that far with. So we had great conversation and and. Uh, it took two days to do it, um, but we showed up on uh, four o'clock on a Sunday, and, and just a few minutes later, this this kid pulls up in the driveway, and I'm walking out of the back of the truck with the first with the first bit of furniture, and I turn around, and this guy, you know, it's it's no high school kid. He's he's a marine. He he's, looks he looks like Superman. He's, he's got a beast. He's got arms like an albatross. He's he's good, he's good, he's good looking guy. I look over at Andrea, who obviously knew uh, yeah. who, who she had she's, hired. She's she, excited. She was blushing. Then I. I, I <laughs> I started blushing, and, uh, and, and but this great kid, man, all around. Awesome yeah, kid. we heard yeah, he was I'm awesome. Sure but is. the funniest part is you go back to the original ad that this gentleman's mom yep. put on Facebook or whatever it was, and he's standing there with no shirt on. He's like an Adonis. He's ripped. So Andrea sees the ad. Re- responded within like five minutes. <laughs> oh, Andrea, we love you. Yo, and just, just, but see, I thought it was brilliant because it was right about the time all the ladies were going over to cook their Sunday meals. I'm like, hey, what better – to get all the ladies together to cook and then have this young man with no shirt on moving furniture. See, right what, a, what, a, what a coincidence, right? A strong coincidence. I, I think what happened was we, we were running a little late. We got home back to St. Augustine a little later than we had planned, and so that most of the women, all the women had left by the time we showed up. And yeah. So they unfortunately missed the uh, Did you help him move the show? Them? They missed the show. But uh, a, great, yeah. a great guy. And, uh, Did you help him move some things or you just watch nope, him do we just, it? we just watched Do you remember his name? It was unbelievable. Uh, things that my father and I were doing were struggling with. Uh, together, he would come in and just take it off our hands. And do it himself. <laughs> he would be just like, uh, "I'm just put this on my shoulder and walk." Hey, that's out. a marine right there, buddy. Man, I'm you, remember his, you remember his name? Uh, I think his name was Nick. Shout out to Nick. Hey, yep. Nick, thanks for helping Nick's, out, man. Thanks for thanks for uh, thanks making for Andrew serving, blush. That's thanks for fantastic. serving the country. Well, anyway, that's our that's our buddy Mark. Mark um, Mark's a neighbor of ours as well, just like the rest of us. And so, um, well, yeah. I, the, Alan, tell me, I, I want to talk about that Uber story. Um, your that. Uh, Jane, is that okay? So yeah, so so my wife's cousin's wife uh, sent me a story. Hmm. Uh, you know, I, I I reached out to her on Facebook the other day, and I said, "Hey, Jane, I know you're a genius. You're you're brilliant. You're a writer, and I know you come across all these stories. Do me a favor and send me a story every now and then if you think it might be interesting for us to play on, or talk about on the show." And so she, right off the bat, I mean, within just a little bit, she shoots over this story about uh 
It's basically Uber for kids. And so Jane Bianchi, thank you very much for sending us the story. She, thank you, uh, Jane. And she's a great writer. If you're looking for a writer, look her up, uh, janebianchi.com. But uh, so anyway, basically it is uh, Uber for kids, and it's for uh, parents that are busy running kids around like we were just talking about a few minutes ago. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and I know, Kelly, sometimes you have a hard time mm-hmm. after work because you get off late sometimes. Right. And you have a hard time picking your girls up and get them home. Right. Well, this would solve your problem. So, so how, what is it? I, I didn't. It's well, Uber I, for I kids. I think that, that didn't some moms get together and they make this. Uh, so they just like a cater for yeah, hire. But they cater because Uber won't take you if you're if you're a certain age unless you have unless you're accompanied by by an older person, right? right. So right. so their their whole thing is if you're a minor and you want to take a ride, then. I guess you have the app, just like the Uber app, but it just caters to people or kids under a certain age. And I, I'm not sure, maybe 18 and under, mm. that's all they take. So when I first read the article, I'm like, I, mm, I don't nah. know about that. I yeah, mean, my I, first inclination is no thanks. Evidently, when I read more of the article, they do put them through more... The drivers? Yes, rigorous tests, fingerprints, that sort of thing. But I'm still kind of... But you know, that stuff only catches people... That have been caught before, right? You're not yeah, a, you're a not a point. sex predator until you're caught for being a sex pre- sexual predator. Yeah, that's true. So There's maybe a first time for somebody, and they're looking to go be a driver or so something. That's, they that's get what would make me nervous. Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't know. I don't know. I kind of feel like sometimes, from my perspective, if I can't get to them, then maybe I need to look at what I'm doing. Like I don't, I shouldn't hire, I shouldn't have to hire somebody else. Now, you guys, uh, your wives and your family, all chip in all the time. Andrea helps walk our kids to school in the mornings but if there's to the point where i can't consistently get my own kids or bethany can't like then maybe we're just doing too much we need to we need to scale it down so we can take care of our family you start hiring out someone else to pick up your kids like chauffeur them around yeah, i don't I mean, know i didn't I, think of i didn't think of it that way that's the way that's my first inclination yeah, is you're maybe. doing too much you're trying to do too much but sometimes you can't be i mean like uh, I, yeah i i hear you I'm not I, saying I, i'm right but but it's not all the time i mean yeah. w- 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 what if just uh, i don't know yeah, I mean, I can, I, I understand. What yeah, you're saying. So in the article, it talked about four different companies, and they, and you were saying that it was started by a bunch of mothers. Well, they all, all these companies had different stories, and I won't go into all the stories, but there were, there were four that in the article: Zoom, Kango, Boost, and Hop Skip Drive. So where, where are they, by the way? Did they say where they were? I don't think they're around here. One was in New York. There yeah. are a couple in San California. Francisco. Yeah, I was going to say and, like big uh, metropolis areas. Yeah, exactly. Be a little that's different, how Uber maybe. started out, right? And but you can walk of... faster in those places than you can drive. So what's yeah, the point? True. Do they have like a walking carpool? You're getting a line. Yeah, hold, but do you, hold this do, rope? You, do you really want your seven year old walking through downtown New York? No. But <laughs> okay, I have a question for you. This was brought up from my assistant at work. There you go. Okay, she has uh, she has a um, she has three kids, her, and her I believe it's her middle son. Um, babysets for her neighbors. They grew up together. Mm-hmm. He'll watch. He'll watch the kids. Okay. Are would you all be comfortable with a boy babysitter? You both have girls. I babysat when I was when I was that age. When I was like 12, 15, 16. Yeah, I'd have to know him. But yeah, but we knew that we knew the family. I wasn't out for hire. It was our friends of our family that knew me. But. Okay, so what if you were traveling? Mm-hmm. Okay, no. and. And the the place that you were going, you guys were going to go out with the, the the couple, and they had two kids, and they've had this babysitter all the time, and it's a it's a male. Uh, would you feel comfortable with your girls ha- having a male babysitter? 
If, no, I wouldn't. If it, I think if it were boys, maybe, but I guess it, that doesn't really matter either. I mean, anymore. Would you but feel comfortable? I, I wouldn't be comfortable. If I say it. no, does that make me sexist? Absolutely not. I want your honest opinion. I'm going to say no. Okay, but if it, it was a female, you'd be okay with it, right? My first inclination is yes, but at but the same I time, girls. I have to know them. Like, I really have to know them. But there's been times where, where we've gone and visited family, and they have a sitter. And this is me being way overprotective. I get it. I try not to be a helicopter dad, but I do have two girls. And so I am protective of them. And we've gone to visit family. They have a sitter, but they've only used her a couple times. So I'm asking questions of my family. Who's this person? Who, maybe, you know, whatever. Maybe Nick the Marine. So, <laughs> yeah, he can do it because that Marine dude can throw there. down, yeah. right? He's, he's, well, so, I don't know. I mean, where's the, the judo on. you know, there's always that regret line. You're like, well, it's, it'll be fine this time, but then. You, well, you'd I, never I'll, forgive yourself of something bad. Absolutely. Happen, I'll tell so. you, my opinion is, uh, and, and I do, I have a nine year old son, which we just talked to, and uh, we'll talk to him later. And then <clears throat> I've got a, a, a man, now a 13 year old daughter, uh, which, I, you know, she could babysit him, but I, I, I would not be comfortable uh, under any circumstances. And I don't know what that reason is, but I am more comfortable with a female. Babysitter. babysitter well um, women are typically more nurturing so they're just you know they probably just take better care of the kids if you will a boy, maybe a boy might just sit maybe there and play it. video games or whatever but i, I don't know it's, it's weird man I, I, I think you have to know every situation as like if you have 10 unanswered questions if you got nine and a half of them good and you can move on yes if you've got two out of nine questions or 10 questions answered i'm not moving forward like if yeah. i don't know enough about it i'm not i'm not moving forward so that's just where i'm at with it. maybe hey. i'm overprotective Hey, if you have a product or a business that you'd like us to feature on the show, contact us at Bourbon, Radio, Bourbon Chronicles Radio at gmail.com. We can also be found on Facebook, Instagram, SoundCloud.com, and we are on iTunes now. All right, we'll see you right after the song. My eyes 
everything about you And when they tell you that they just can't live without you They ain't lying, they'll take pieces of you And they'll stand above you And walk away All right, that was Jack White. Yes, I'm, I didn't look at the song list that you were playing. I love Jack White and the White Stripe, White Stripes, and all that. I, okay, I have to be honest. I, I could not stand the White Stripes. What? I didn't like him at all. And oh. then he came out with uh, this album called, called Blunderbust. I think it's yes. Blunderbust. Is yes. that right? Yes. Um, and I fell in love with that He's, music. And then he released another one, which was awesome. Um, but that song, I just I love that song. It, so. I think it, uh, he takes a few listens to get used to. But once you do and you realize a little bit about his story and like his background, because it's, it's like it's got some bluegrass roots, some country roots. The guy plays like eight or nine. Oh, yeah. He's talented. He's really talented. But he, he can't. Alan, you said it um, in a previous show about you like guys that that aren't actual natural singers. They just, yeah, I, I like Jack that. White has a terrible voice, but he makes it. <laughs> Like he's not holding great song notes, yeah. right? Maybe it was Meg that I didn't, Meg White that I didn't like. She just played the drums and yeah. sang every now and again. But his voice is not one you'd be like, oh, I'm gonna listen to that and go to sleep. No, but it's. I mean, that dude can belt out some songs. There's a really good documentary. I I think I just asked you if you'd seen it, but I didn't hear your answer. It might get loud. Oh yeah, I didn't know. You got Alan. You've seen that one, right? Mm. Oh, I'm the only one. Oh, we gotta get, we gotta get you guys to Netflix. Watch it. Um, check it. It might be on there. But okay. it's it's uh, just a, it's three generations of of guitar rockers, so it's Jimmy Page, it's The Edge, and Jack White, and they mm. just sit around. Oh, you told me about. They just that sit before. around and talk about how they find their music. And the, if you think about those three guys, Led Zeppelin, U two, and White Stripes, and how Jack Jack, Jack White plays, like in, in a different way that all their guitars sound, and how um, Jimmy Page found his riffs, and how uh, The Edge found his, and then Jack White just goes crazy. They showed they showed images of him playing the guitar, just fingers bleeding like profusely on no the way. on the frets, just going crazy. All right. Anyway, sorry, I could, I could talk about that all day. All right, you, well, your time's How's your up. How's your your time is up for the talk for talking. Uh, on, on this I'm show. in the penalty box for the rest of the show. <laughs> so, all right. So last week we we started a new thing where the wives actually give us a question. Yes. And because Nicole's not here, it's usually texted to her. But Parker has an envelope which he's going to hand to me. And I'm going to see what their question is. So this is truly sealed. question. We Wait. don't know what it is. Yeah, it's really it's sealed. It's out of the envelope right now. It's on a birthday card. While he's opening that, Alan, how do you how do you think about the bourbon? What do you think about Breckenridge? Uh, I I don't know what to tell you, man. It's it's not my favorite. Yeah, I can't. I can't. All right, why? Well, you got that? All right, so he's got it. We'll come back to it. Okay, I, I might agree. Uh, here, here's their question, Kelly. What was your favorite childhood toy? Childhood toy, man. Um. My first guess or my first answer came to mind was the Atari 2600 because we spent so much time playing Pac-Man and Pong. Yep. But I don't know. Is that a toy? Is that one thing a toy or the game? I think that the would be a toy. Games a toy? Let's ask Parker. Parker, is uh, Xbox a toy? Parker says yes. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'd have to say the Atari 2600. Yeah. Just awesome. So much fun. Mr. Brooks? No, I had the uh, the old G.I. Joe's, the big tall one. Oh, G.I. Joe's. Uh, you can't change your answer. I know. I know. <laughs> Between the G.I. Joe's and the little plastic army men. Yeah, that was my life. I would. Man. What is half the battle? Uh, so that, so that's a later generation of G.I. <laughs> Joe. That's a cartoon. I don't know any of that crap. It's a trick answer. It's knowing. No, oh, knowing, knowing is half the battle. I think mine was, <laughs> I was a big stuffed animal fan. So I think stuffed animals in general Get his, get his bourbon. 
Cliff Burton. <laughs> All right, now you can get back. I got to hear more about stuff. Stuffed so, animals? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, I <laughs> said the nerd who said Atari 2600, thick as bourbon. Right, I, go ahead. Stuffed I, animals. I've disappointed Alan. <laughs> so I would, I, 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 you know what? Nicole knew this. <laughs> I would set my stuffed animals up. You know, you could have okay. lied and nobody would have known. You could have made something up. I just no, but, okay. offered up G.I. Joe. You could have said He-Man. I didn't like that though. I mean, I like the Star Wars characters, but if you ask me my favorite, it's a, and I used to like set them up and talk to each other. Oh, but like, what the, okay, so what the, hell? this is getting worse. What? What, was there like a certain brand of stuffed animals? No, like just a, all kinds of them. And I, I hated giving them away. Like, it, it pained me. I knew I would eventually hit an age. So when I hit 25 and I gave them away, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Right after college. <laughs> no, really. So I remember that like, I had a Kermit puppet, like hand puppet, that was pretty cool. I played with a lot. Of, I wouldn't say it was my favorite toy, but like, so were there like were there actual was there like certain just stuffed animals in general, like not Benny babies or. So if you want to reach us, uh, Bourbon Chronicles Radio at Gmail dot com. No, it was just all kinds of stuffed animals, man. They just all held a special meaning you to did, me at that you time. Didn't have Hot Wheels. Or? I did. I, but you, that, the, the question was, what was your favorite? favorite? What was yeah. your favorite? You didn't have rock and sock so, uh, robots or anything uh, that could have outweighed <laughs> some stuffed animals? Stretch Armstrong. I did like my Stretch Armstrong. The best though. question. Oh. Yeah, I, I, you know what? That was the, one of the things that popped in my head before the Atari was a Stretch Armstrong until I could, I, like, literally broke it apart and all the. Well, that's what happened. Came out of so it. that's what happened to me. I, my dad took it and put it by the fire. Oh, and the, to, oh yeah. to, bubbled up? Yeah, because he was like, hey, we'll, we'll loosen it up a little. And so we. We did it, and all the gel started coming out, and that that messed me up for a while. That's why you went to stuffed animal. Right? <laughs> like, yeah, I don't do that animals. anymore. <laughs> all right, Mark, what's your favorite toy as a kid? Uh, can I answer last week's question? <laughs> nope. <laughs> no. Oh. Yeah, you, I, after this, I, I, I actually play with Legos a lot when I was a little. Kid. That well, that's makes cool. sense. You're an engineer, now, classic, yeah. classic Legos. Yeah, yeah Mark's an engineer, and he's extremely bright. That's why we think he's a he's actually a spy. But yeah, yeah. So Legos make spy. sense. Rogers, spy, my my first question uh, to you, Mark, and. Mark Morabito, he's our, our our great neighbor. Was we all know you're a spy, but can you explain what your cover job is? My cover job, yeah. What you do oh, for? I'm uh, I'm a chief operating job. officer for an independent power producer. Mm-hmm. We uh, develop, build, own, and operate power plants. But that's not what you want to talk about. Today. Yeah, I just no, fell that's asleep. Stuff, that's, that's boring stuff. Yeah, I yeah, just yeah, fell yeah. asleep. Let's let's talk about other. Stuff. So, all right. So, tell us how you first met the group. Yeah, so I moved into the neighborhood about three years ago, just about three years ago. And, and just as a point of reference, my house was directly across the street from Allen's. It was diagonal from Kelly's and, right. and what one door down from Hamilton. So right. uh, a great neighborhood. But, but we were moving in, and literally on that day, we were going back and forth, uh, pulling furniture into the house. And at one point, I walked out, and, and these guys were out there. I think you were... You were grilling hot dogs on upside-down umbrellas lined with tinfoil. Yeah. That some, was a science experiment. Was Kimber- Kimberly or Samantha one had a science experiment going. And, in the driveway. In the driveway. Yeah, so that was directly and across the street. So at one point I decided I'd go over and Cooking just, meth in the driveway with hot dogs right, right. or something? Mark's like, what are these guys doing? So, yeah, so I, I, I took a break from I the movie. I remember that. I took a break from the movie and walked across the street and, and introduced myself. And, and, and almost immediately, I, I said, hi, I'm Mark. He was hungry. He smelled the hot dogs. Yeah. Right, right. And, and I, I don't know who I said hi to first, but they said, hi, let, I'm Kelly. Let's go to Drew's. Right? And you guys, yeah. were, you get, guys were on your get way. The to, you're on your way. I'm get like, the truck. I'm like, guys, I'm not wearing any shoes. They're like, get in the truck. Let's go to Drew's. I'm like, I don't, I don't have my wallet. Uh-huh. I didn't even know who Drew was. Bro. I didn't know that was a, 
I didn't know that was the liquor store that was just up the street. I didn't yeah. know where we were going. They're like, don't this, worry about it. Get in the truck. So the it was, saddest it, part about all this is it's true. Yeah. It and you had just moved here from Connecticut? No, I had been down here for a couple of years, but I was living in South Oh, that's now, right. South you were in now. St. Augustine, but, but originally from Connecticut. From yeah, Connecticut, exactly. right? So, so he gets... Uh, the so country in. boy's like, hey, get in a truck. And he's like, okay, sure. <laughs> right. it, was, it was Alan and Kelly and, and, and Aaron, right? The, the, the three yep. of you. And we yep. hopped in your truck. And, and I, I really did not know where we were going. I didn't know how long I was going to be gone. I don't Man. even know if I said goodbye to Andrea. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, luckily we, uh, we just went to the front of the neighborhood and, and yeah, uh, probably bought off. some bourbon, certainly some Coors Lights. And, uh, and headed back. That's for and sure. And that was the start all That's of it about sure. three is, years is ago. Is that when we almost got into the crawfish? Brawl at Drew's with the guy that got yeah. on to you for, was that the same time? I don't know. Anyway, yeah, well, yeah, well, that's yeah, a different yeah. story. Well, we're we're, we're going to have a crawfish show here pretty soon. We'll, we'll bust that old story out. We're, we're, but we're, I think my favorite story is about, because I really genuinely believe that three years ago, you were probably the one that brought us to the bourbon forefront because we'd all had it before, but probably in the form of like beam or I think we'd had uh, Basil Hayden or this or that. So do you guys know the first bourbon that Mark ever drank ever? Ever? I'm going to say Blanton's. Okay, the first bourbon that Mark ever tasted was? I'm going to guess Angel's Envy. All right. Tell me, tell me the story. It was, uh, it was 20-year Pappy Van Winkle. Whoa. The, and I, I had no idea what I was drinking at the time. But, but seven or eight years ago, I was at a Christmas party up in Connecticut with some family friends. And <laughs> one, of the, one of the family friends is a real connoisseur of bourbon. I mean, this kid has hundreds of bottles of bourbon. He takes his four-year-old bourbon hunting every Saturday. Is that, that's what they call it, his, uh, his, his four-year-old. We've got to get him on this yeah, show. We, we should. His name's Dan. But anyway, so we were at this Christmas party a couple weeks before Christmas, uh-huh. and he was, uh, he was serving bourbon. And I had really never had it. I might have had it mixed with a Diet Coke at some point. Right, like all, or like all like of us, yeah. But, but never, never real bourbon. And, and so I had a sip of a couple sips of this Pappy Van Winkle, not having any idea what it meant. Or, but I, I was like, this is, this is pretty good stuff, right? <laughs> right. So on the way home from the party, I was talking to Andrea and telling her about the bourbon. And, and so her, her mind starts spinning, and, and, and her mother-in-law, or her mom, my mother-in-law, was still looking for a Christmas idea for me. So after the party, Andrea emailed this family friend, Dan, and said, Hey, Dan, can you give me a couple couple ideas, just some, some good starter bourbon? Because Mark really likes bourbon, right. he just found out. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> It was all downhill. Right, right. There. As so long as it's 20-year pappy. Yeah. 20 year pappy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So she said, can you give me a couple ideas, just something that I can send to my mom so she can get Mark a Christmas gift. So he sent a list of five, and I, I don't remember all five, but mm. four of them were Angel's Envy, Blanton's, Michter's, mm. and, and Colonel Taylor's. Yep. So, that, so mother-in-law of the decade. All right, so, so I always thought that was the wedding present, but that was just a Christmas gift? Birth- so I don't remember if this Birthday or Christmas? This was either just before we got married or just after this Christmas oh, wow. party. Okay. All right. Well, what about the gift that your your mother in law gave you? Wasn't it for your birthday or something? She gave well, you so, all those so, bottles. Well, she, so this was Christmas, right? So she, okay. Andrea, sent her this forwarded the email that had this list of five bourbons. Andrea's mom bought all five, so I instantly had a collection of fantastic bourbons. Not, two weeks ago, I'd never even tasted it. <laughs> And now I had this great spread. So fast forward to meeting us. So we go in, and then Mark opens the house up. We all go in to hang out, and he pulls open the oh little drum. Well, I never drank it And myself. we were just learning what it was, and we're like, he's like, I don't know. Are these good guys? Like, are you yeah, kidding me? Are pretty amazing. Yeah, I, I, oh, I just, I went, and I, I screwed up a couple weeks ago because I had always I remembered it in my head that I would bought Angel's Envy at Drew's, but Mark's was the first time I really had it, and that's when I fell in love with it because it's just amazing. But you put take those top five, you know, uh, I, I won't call them common bourbons, but, you know, the best of what you can get on a regular basis, oh, yeah. if right. you will, right? right? You don't have to go hunting down to a bunch of – you don't have to right. go on a bourbon hunt to right. find right. Angel's Envy, but it's really good, right? So 
Here he is. So, but I just he told me that the other day, and I was just like the first bourbon. So do you think? Yeah, now, yeah. now every time my mother in law comes to visit, she shows up with, with a bottle of bourbon. She wraps it in bubble wrap and sticks it in her suitcase. There you it's, go. Not, it's not bourbon that we can't otherwise get in Florida, that, but hey, she just she feels compelled to bring it. Do you think Louis? that That's maybe right. it's because that she knows it's difficult to live with her daughter? Not at all. Not at all. I think she's just a generous. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Andrea. Yeah, just a, just, I'm just trying to trip Mark up. Kelly just spit his burger all over the all over the mic. I spit uh, water all over the mic. Yeah. So Andrea, uh, sorry about. My, so, and then it was my. I think it was my 40th birthday. I had just moved in. We had just yeah. gone to Drew's on that adventure yeah. when my when I had no shoes. A couple months later, my 40th birthday was when we really got to know each other a little yeah. bit. You guys were over and really. Cracked. I remember you guys wouldn't leave that night. That was we wouldn't well, go. Home. Was well, well past midnight. Wow. You, you I, didn't really, this, I didn't even know you that well. You had we the were, bourbon trail yeah. in your closet. <laughs> like, the whole thing was there. Like we're we're, we're just going to move in Mark's house. So I don't. I mean, I don't know anything about bourbon other than. than well, you know, we're, I, we're, I, I enjoy the social social aspect of it. How many? Tell system. us how many. Tell us about your kids. How many kids do you have? I've got three kids: uh, seven, five, and two. Uh, one of the reasons I had to move down the street was because we needed a bigger house to fit all those kids. But did, right. did you figure out we do miss you guys? Yet? What's that? You figure out what's causing it yet? Causing all the kids. Oh, <laughs> we got to figure it out. You got to figure it out. It's done. Yep. <laughs> By the way, we know I, you went to Notre Dame, so yep. yeah. So you know, Catholics don't believe in protection. So <laughs> I forgot to tell you guys, we got called by a vasectomy sponsor pods. We got to give them a shout. We yes, we do. Call them. They, they want to pr- pr- make sure that none of us procreate any more than we that, have already. I need that number. Can you give me that? Number? <laughs> uh, my uh, my question for you, Mark, is tell us about how surprised Andrea was when you gave her the Pearl Jam tickets. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So these guys, I mean, obviously they they love music. I, I like music, maybe not to the same extent as these guys, but uh, they they do let us know when there's a good concert coming to town, and we mm-hmm. we pay attention ourselves as well. And and Andrea had heard about the Pearl Jam show. That was last spring, was it? Yeah, uh, yeah. Some we, so. yeah, last right. summer. We, 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 it was we, the largest we, gathering of forty year old balding men in Jacksonville yeah, right, ever. Right, right. And we at and, that concert, and we talked briefly about it for when it was first announced, but I I didn't really think that she wanted to go she said yeah i'll go but it, it wasn't real sincere so i'm like i don't think she really likes pearl jam we won't we won't waste the money so we didn't i, I didn't pull the trigger right and then and then the, the night of the concert comes and and I, I i left work early i think to just help out i was having a slow day to pick up the kids and and she was convinced that i had bought pearl jam tickets pearl jam. i was going to surprise her with a with a trip to trip to the show but I, <laughs> I, I i show up with the kids and she's like so are we, are we going we're going where like, it's like the Pearl Jam show. I'm like, no, you said you didn't want to go. Oh, like, that's not you didn't what I said. read between the lines. No, no, I'm not real good at that. I'm still not so, good at it either. No. So we missed the Pearl Jam show, but we've been to a few others with these guys and have had a good time. Thanks, man. Hang, hang out with us for uh, the next segment. We're going to talk about the bourbon, and um, we will talk to you right after this song.
All right, Alan, your song, Eric Clapton. What's that yeah. song mean? Hello, my <laughs> well, the friend. Name, the name of the song is Hello, Hello, Old Friend, and it doesn't really mean anything to me except I just like it. It's a really good song. It's just one of those casual, relaxing songs. Back porch upbeat. bourbon song. And you were talking yeah. about Jack uh, Jack Black and the way he sings, and that reminds me a lot of Eric Clapton. He's not much of a – he's not a traditionally incredible singer, but uh, – but, he can carry a tune, but I like that. Yeah. I really No, I agree it. with you. So what do you guys think about Breckenridge bourbon? Um It's uh It's growing <laughs> on me a little bit. Like like a good fungus, maybe? It's, <laughs> it's growing on me. I, I've I, can't, I can't I can I don't I'm not I'm not a big fan. I'm not a big fan. It's it's a harsh. When you I felt it was a hundred and ten proof, the way it sipped and smelled and it has a burn, and I think you said it's eighty. Yeah. So so why, why so much burn? 86. Why so much of that high alcohol feel at such a low alcohol rate? I guess is my question on it. That's what I can't. I'm like, man, this is well. It's not as smooth as I would it's think. It's not 80, smooth. 80, no. 80 it's proof. only aged uh, two to three years, so it's a blend, obviously, in which most bourbons are. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they have to label the bottle with the youngest barrel that goes into it, and the, the youngest barrel has to be at least two years old, and the the youngest barrel that goes into a bottle of Breckenridge is two years old. So right. well, no, there's wait, some young bourbon wait, in here. I, I have a question for you, though, because we talked about this before. So St. Augustine on the bottle says 16 months. So is it the is it the average of the years? Well, Mike explained that to us a little bit, and I'm trying to remember what I he said. Too. I got we maybe we need to call Mike back on the show. We should that. listen to our own show and learn from it. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are you help. paying attention? I don't. I don't feel like you were paying attention. Uh, yes, I was, but I can't remember. It, no, it he has, did explain it. And, uh, I think it's the average of the year. The average of the years of the barrels have to equal two. And, oh, but the youngest one has to be on mm-hmm. the bottle. So so in this case, I guess the youngest one is two years. I don't know. I don't yeah, know the, the youngest one that. has to be two years if the bottle says that. It'll but, be interesting to see with this new you know, craft movement how many um, distillers cut the edge or skirt the edge of the rules, right? Because I even had this week talking about the show to some people because now that it's starting to pick up steam and people listen to it and are saying, gosh, I, I always thought that every bourbon had to be made in Kentucky. And that's not that's not part of it at all. Some of the one of the best bourbons I've ever had is from Texas. But but like this one's from Colorado. What is that? What's the Texas one that Garrison Brothers? I'll have to because we've done two that's outside of Kentucky and I am a Kentucky boy. And they, they, they the limestone water makes a difference, I think. Well, maybe they bring it in because they all try and import something from Kentucky, right? Yeah. So you were saying that Breckenridge brings in the barrel, the barrels, the, the cooperage yeah. is from Kentucky, or the, are they burned there, or then are they not, charred? And I, I think they are. Yeah. It's it's Kentucky, Tennessee, and somewhere else. I have. Yeah, so they they bring in their barrels from Kentucky, and and I well, can't people, remember the name of the cooperage, but right. but yeah, they bring in the barrels, and then they use their snowmelt water to uh, like a mineral uh, water as, as they the, said. Uh, to proof it to proof it down. So when you say when you're making a bourbon, when you say you're proofing your bourbon, mm-hmm. all you're really doing is pouring a little bit of water into the barrel to, to bring down the proof. So. Right. So that when you bottle it, it's where you want it to be, the flavor and the, the alcohol content. What do you think, right. Alan? Do you like it? It's growing on me. I mean, I think rye, rye is not my favorite, but uh, but yeah, it has been, been growing on me lately. I've been drinking more and more of it, and uh, I'm on about glass number two and a half now. So and, and it's, it's better now, huh? It's, yeah. What you, <laughs> Mark, what do you think? I actually think I like it a little better than you guys. But How I, does it compare to Pappy? Because that's all you ever drink, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, but... Uh, 
it does burn a little bit more. It, yeah. it lingers longer than than real good bourbon. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't. It's not definitely not my favorite for for the price point. I wouldn't buy it. Uh, there there are so many other bourbons out there that I think are better than this. Um, <clears throat> I don't think it's horrible. Uh, but it's definitely not my favorite. Well, that was my next question: is if you had to, if you're walking in the aisle and you've never bought Breckenridge or the other two next to it, how would you? What would you? Do you have something you compare it to that you have bought? Maybe uh, um, I don't, I don't know. know. Oh, you know what? <laughs> I had Bakers and Bakers, not Bookers, Bakers, not Bookers, but Bakers, and I wasn't a fan of that either. I kind of put these in the in the same, and I'm sure people will get mad at me, but I, and. Baker's is much more expensive than this. I think that's like a sixty something uh, dollar mm-hmm. bottle. Mm-hmm. To me, they they taste rye? similar. Um, I, I don't believe it was it was rye though, but it kind of gives me the same feel and the same taste. I so, think you had a bottle of Russell's. Yeah, yeah, and it kind of reminds me of that a little. Is and that I rye? I think I still have that bottle of Russell's. Yeah, is it that Russell's rye? Get, it does not get drank. It replicates house. itself. <laughs> just keeps filling itself back up. How's that happen? But anyway, yeah. I mean, it's look, it's not really fair because we're comparing it to stuff that we've had on the show before, which is like, you know, some pretty high end stuff. We've had Rip Van Winkle, we've had you know, Double Oak Woodford, Colonel Taylor. So I, I wouldn't put it in that category. No, it's it's definitely either. not you know, bargain barrel Jim Beam. You but touched on it a minute ago, though, Kelly. You talked I? about the uh, you talked about this this craft movement that that, mm. uh, that these distilleries are coming. All bourbon has has going on right now. And has had for the past probably eight or ten years, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really think it's awesome. It's, you know, everybody was was into craft beer for so long, and still are. Everybody mm-hmm. loves their craft beer. But now we have that same movement with bourbon, and, and uh, so we're getting some. So these old bourbon companies that have been making the same thing for years and years and years, they're being challenged to step up to the plate now. And you'll see, you'll see companies like uh, well, Jim Beam has their Jim Beam Black. <laughs> And you'll see. That was loud. <laughs> as much as I hate Jack. it, I'm pouring another glass right now. <laughs> <laughs> you'll see Sorry, Gentleman y'all. Jack and, and things like that. So all these these companies that have been around for a long time, they're coming out with their their own craft product. Black, yeah. Like we tried. Uh, Rogers had Crown Royal Black the other day, which was surprising. I know it's not bourbon, but it's surprisingly good for Crown Royal. I like but, Canadian whiskey. I, yeah, I think yeah, it's, it's pretty great. sweet. It's I like, sweet. I think it's great. Yeah, I, I'm. I, I'm not. That's for our other show, eh? Hey. Eh? Yeah, we'll have a different show. Canadian, we'll base it on Canadian, everything Canadian. So, what should we do um, next week? Ooh, Eagle Rare. You think so? I've never had it, so I was I'm pretty excited to try it. But but I know why. I tell you what, email (laughs) us at bourbonchroniclesradio at gmail dot com. We're serious this time because nobody's done it yet. Um, Email us (laughs) your favorite bourbon. Tell us which one we've tried. So let's quick one down. Let's see if we can nail them real quick. We've done Colonel Taylor. We've done Woodford Double Oak. We've done Angels Envy. We've done Saint Augustine. We've Old done Rip. Rip Van Winkle, and now we've done Breckenridge. That's number six. So those are the six that we've done. Give us a new one, one that doesn't cost us $1,500. <laughs> Give us something in the 70 to, to uh, don't divorce me range, right? Like right. that price yeah. range for our wives. And then yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll tell us, uh, we'll say on the air who gave us the idea, and we'll, we'll taste the bourbon. Why not? But I'm, I'm voting Eagle Rare. That's where I'm at. Okay. I'm good with that. Where are you at? Where are you at? What do you think? No, I'm, I'm ready for Eagle Rare. I like it. All right. So, and also check us out on Facebook, uh, check us out on Instagram. So where are we on Instagram followers? We're, we're getting up there, right? Instagram, we're, we're at a hundred and almost 20, I think. 
Um, so we, so this week I put a post up and then we lost five. So I did something wrong. Sure we lost happened. five. Yeah, people? like five dropped uh, off. I don't know what happened. You offended people. I did. Maybe I did offend somebody. But Alan's killing it on Facebook. So <laughs> hey, you playing a song? That's our. Well, that's the end of the show. That's the end of the show. Hey, I, so I have a quick question. Okay. So because Breckenridge, because Colorado, what do you think that 2015, which is all they've got up to, 2015, um, uh, taxable income from cannabis was? Gross, a million, two million off cannabis. Off cannabis, I, I'm I'm thinking it's much higher than that. I'm thinking twenty five million, two point three nine billion billion dollars dollars eighteen thousand five hundred jobs created from the cannabis. All right, so thank you for Highest joining us. Distillery in the world. <laughs> thank you for uh, holding on to the last bit of your weekend with us. We'll see you next week. Adios. I got